you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of life. To starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is The Andy Stort Show. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Andy Stort Show. This is a show where we come together to starve our fears, to follow our dreams, and to pursue fulfilling our true potential. I am your host, Andy Storch. I am excited that you are joining me today for this solo, well, not quite solo episode, and I'll get to that in a moment. But I have a question for you. How do you deal with fear and rejection? Do you deal with it well? Is it something that bothers you? Does fear hold you back from making decisions about your life and your career and your business? It certainly has for me. For many years, I feared rejection, and I still struggle with my fear of rejection and judgment, and I have done a ton of work to overcome that over the last couple of years, and that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast and why I start every show with the tagline, Starve Our Fears, because what I've realized is that when we're afraid of something, it probably means we need to do it, and I'm talking about an action we need to take, not being afraid of a snake. It doesn't mean that you need to go put a snake on your shoulder. Maybe you do. But I'm talking about being afraid of sending that email, of going after that client, of asking that important question, of uh, even going skydiving or doing something that seems dangerous when you know logically that it's probably perfectly safe. We are afraid of so many things and that fear and not the fear of dying or the fear of uh, injury or harm, but it's typically the fear of rejection and the fear of judgment that hold us back so often in life, whether it's in entrepreneurship, running our own business, whether it's in our careers, in relationships, we let the fear of rejection and judgment hold us back so often. It has for me, and I know it has for you as well. Uh, You're probably nodding your head. If you're not, you're in denial, or you're pretty awesome, and I appreciate you listening to this podcast, Um, but I think the more awesome people are the ones who are willing to admit that this has been a problem for you in the past, and you're ready to take action and make a change. And so today, I'm gonna share with you two questions, two very simple yet very powerful questions that I use when I'm dealing with fear and rejection or fear of rejection. And I started recording this and I was going to record this as a solo episode and then I decided to text my good friend and mentor, Vincent Pugliese, and ask if he could join me um, because I know he is familiar with this. He's built a business and dealt with tons of fear and rejection. He helps a lot of people with this, and he helped me with it this week, actually today as I'm recording this. And so I wanted to bring him on uh, to join me in this conversation. And real quick, if you don't know Vincent, I've had him on the podcast a couple times before. Uh, He is the... uh, author of the best-selling book, Freelance to Freedom. He is the founder of the group Total Life Freedom, uh, which I have been a part of since it started about 19 months ago. He's a coach. He runs mastermind groups. Uh, He's formerly a professional sports photographer uh, and wedding photographer and has traveled all over the country uh, shooting sporting events and weddings and built a successful business doing that and then transitioned into uh, coaching and facilitation and running masterminds and this group, Total Life Freedom, uh, of which I'm a part of, and it's an awesome group. Uh, highly recommend it, but that's not the point. Um, just want to give you some background on Vincent. 
and why I invited him to join me in this conversation because I know he has a lot to say about this subject. So in this uh, quick conversation, you're going to hear us talk about fear and rejection, uh, the example of the situation that I was dealing with, which was the idea to go and raise my rates for 2019. And you're going to hear us talk about the two simple yet very powerful questions that you can ask yourself or others when dealing with fear or rejection. So I hope this helps. Here's my conversation with Vincent. So uh, what's up, Vincent? What's going on? <laughs> I, was, I was sitting down to record this uh, solo episode for the podcast about fear and rejection. And I had this really small window in my calendar, my schedule today in between tons of other calls and interviews. And I was like, let me text Vincent and see if he's available to, uh, to come on and talk about this. So here we are. This is, this is how it happens. This is how the, the sausage is made over here, uh, forcing you away from whatever work you were doing. What, what were you doing? We were just figuring out the document for our retreat in February, working together. The total, life, the total Life Freedom Retreat. That's right. And then all of a sudden, I get this desperate message to talk. I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> so here we are. Two so, we're talking pulling you away from freedom but here we are yeah freedom to freedom to talk in the middle of the day um and uh you and i have been friends and worked together on a lot of stuff for the last 18 months and i know this retreat you're working on is going to be awesome Can't uh, wait and yeah all part of your your group total life freedom and i think one of the big components of uh achieving freedom in many different ways is uh you got to take some chances with your life and your business. And that usually involves getting past fear, um, probably dealing with rejection or the fear of rejection. And uh, I had a situation uh, just this morning where I put something out there. I decided to raise my rates and send an email. And I was afraid of the rejection that ultimately came. And I actually had to call you because I was so uh, a little bit upset about it. Um, but there were two questions that really helped me one that I asked myself before I went into this situation and one that uh, you asked me that was really helpful as well. The first question was, what's the worst that can happen? And I know this is something that you think about sometimes too when you're taking a chance on something and it seems like things are going to be so bad. What if I fail? What if I get rejected? So um, do you ask that question to yourself as well? What's the worst that can happen? Often, all the time. Because, and, and what we've come up with, you know, the older you get, the more you realize you worry about so much stuff that doesn't happen and overthinking. And I, you know, and the people I work with, there's so much overthinking and paralyzing from, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And honestly, the, the way that I look at it with each, you know, passing day is if it's not, if it's not fatal, give it a shot. Like if, as long as it's not fatal, yeah. in so many ways, it's like you learn from every great story that I have. Yeah. Every, every story that anybody wants me to tell came from a real big chance of failure mm. or a lot of pain. There is nothing that people are like, man, you really took the safe route and did what was most optimized. And that's such an inspiring story. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> right. Like you calculated everything out and you knew there was very little chance of failure. So then you did it. Like, ooh, please tell me that story. Nobody yeah. cares about that. But, <laughs> right. Exactly. But and, when and you when you challenge it and you kind of go, I'm going for it. And we're, that's, you know, fortune favors the bold. I truly believe that. Yeah. And those stories, do you have a t-shirt or something that said like the, the best stories come from the, the worst decisions or something like that? Uh, uh, bad choices make great stories. 
Bad choices make great stories. And I often like to say, I don't remember who I got this from. It was you, but I think it was somebody else that um, great decisions come from wisdom and wisdom comes from bad decisions. Oh, I like that. I've yeah. never heard that, but I like that. Yeah. I mean, you got to make those mistakes uh, along the way, those failures to really learn and grow and, and find the thing that you are good at. And that makes you wiser. And then you can make better decisions in the end. For sure. So getting back to that question, what's the worst that could happen? I decided... Uh, yesterday, actually, we ha- after we had our mastermind call, um, and I talked you. about what's that? <laughs> we pushed you to raise your rates. You pushed me to raise exactly because I've got a lot of opportunities coming my way, and I don't want to certainly don't sound too overconfident on this podcast. You never know what's, what's going to happen in the future, but a lot of opportunities coming my way, and I got pushed by the group to uh, raise. Say, you know, maybe it's time to raise rates. So I decided, like, hey, I'm going to go talk to one of my biggest partners who brings me in for contract work and tell them that I'm raising my rates. And of course, as soon as I said I was going to do that, even though I was all pumped up, I was afraid of what might happen. You know, what if I get rejected? And so I had to ask my, myself that question. What's the worst that could happen? And the worst that happens is they say, well, that, that's too expensive for us. And so we're not going to hire you anymore. I think that was what I came up with. Like, you know, and I realized that I don't need that work because I have a lot of other things going on. So I'm willing to take that risk in order to charge what I'm worth. And so I went ahead and sent the email and I got the rejection that I prepared myself for. I thought I prepared myself for, which was, you know, they basically said, you know, that rate's too high for us. Um, We will not be hiring you in 2019. And even though I had sort of prepared myself for that, it still felt awful to get that. Which is also an uncommon response to get. Yeah. Like that's, that really is the extreme level of not only is, are we not hiring you for this one, but not hiring you for other stuff either. Like right. that's like, Oh, what's the worst case scenario. That yep. almost was it. Yep. That's it. And, and to your point from earlier, uh, here I sit perfectly healthy. My family is healthy. I've got dinner to eat tonight, right? Everything is fine. I have clients to work with next year. Um, nothing bad has happened to me, right? Other than someone telling me they're not going to hire me next year. And so, you know, I called you and you asked me the second important question, which uh, was, what does this make possible? What does this make possible? So before I tell you my answer, what, why did you ask that question? Because I think when that happens, we only look at the downside. Because I heard it in your voice. It was this, oh my goodness, it's like this downside to all this. And it, it is such a mental game, this business world there's always an upside and a potential downside in everything. It yeah. is like my son said to me a couple of years ago, he's 13 now when he was eight, we were driving. And he goes, you can't see the other side of the stop sign no matter what. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like we're driving. And he's like, like, yeah, you can, you go to that side and you look at it. He goes, yeah, but then you can't see the other side. Huh? And I was like, so I try to justify it and win this argument. I'm like, I can't win this argument. He's right. It's like you, there's always a side that you can't see. Yeah. And so I've taken that. So even with yours, like when you told me that, the first thing I thought of was like, huh, yeah, you might lose on that. But we already talked about this yesterday and this wasn't your ideal situation and it was holding you back from other things. Yep. And the, the safety of the money in the short term allowed you to think this really is a problem. Right. And then I, I just wanted to hear what your answer was because I knew what the answers were. Yeah. So, but you immediately... I had it. I had it. I knew as soon as you asked that question, it all came into my head. What does this make possible? Well, it, it probably eliminates some of those requests that often give me pause and even cause me stress because I'm like, oh, I want to help them out. 
I should accept this. Uh, the money would be nice, but I want to stay home. I don't want to go on this trip. So if I stop getting those requests or less requests, then I don't deal with that pressure as often. Um, if I'm not dealing with that as often, then it opens up, uh, it also opens up my calendar for potential higher paying jobs, right? Which, Which one of them you had just deeper insights, you are actually doing a higher price job that one of these jobs was going to get in the way of. Yeah, well, I have, right, exactly. I have a, an offer for a higher price job and it's already in um, one of the lower rate jobs that I had already accepted is already conflicting, is conflicting with that and, and kind of holding me back a little bit. So it opens up my calendar for potential higher paying jobs. Um, which side note, I also sent a, a short proposal email to another client uh, last night uh, proposing a job at my new highest rate and they're thinking about it and that's a whole nother conversation because it's really interesting uh, what I'd be doing. Um, but then I, I said, the other thing is that it, if I'm not taking those jobs, I'm traveling less, which means I'm working on my business more, um, having more sales conversations, doing more podcast interviews, doing more fun stuff like this. And I'm also home with my family more, which is important to me um, because, yeah, I do travel a decent amount and I don't want to be gone all the time. And uh, one request I got was basically to move to Milwaukee for three months because there were so many, you know, programs going on that I could have um, accepted. But instead, I gave them that and told them that uh, basically, you know, got the, the answer that they're not going to be hiring me much, if at all, for the new year. And uh, I'm completely okay with that because I've answered this question. A couple things about that. First of all, you're making choices towards time freedom, not just financial freedom. Yep. And I'm for all both. I'm for both, but people neglect the time freedom. And when you create that time freedom by saying no to the wrong clients, now you have that time to think on these things and bigger, better things will come because you can think about that with the time that you have. And the other thing is you pretty much learned, unless they come back to you with a counter offer, you were never getting more money from this company. And you just figured that out a lot quicker yep. than if you would have kept working for them at the same rate. That's true. Yeah, the, the rate would probably not go up. Uh, although I got an email from somebody else there that kind of uh, intimated that, uh, you know, they may still come back if they need me for something. And I have a feeling that might happen. Um, yeah, that's the way business works. You know, sometimes you get desperate or they, you realize that you really valued the, I don't know what it'll be, but I, I just have a feeling it's not the end. But if they do, it's going to be on your terms now. That's right. Yeah, it'll be on my terms, a higher rate. And um, <clears throat> I feel really good about that because you know, I'm charging what I'm worth. I'm experienced. I'm, I think I'm good at what I do and I deserve a higher rate. Exactly. And what this does for you personally is it makes you realize, holy crap, the world didn't end. That's right. I, I did something bold and it didn't end and I actually learned something from it. Man, all growth comes from struggle. And then the next increase is going to be a lot easier because what's going to happen? And, and, and the more you raise your rates, the more people respect what you do, the more they appreciate your time. And so this is where so many people get stuck. They have lower rates, they're, they're stressed with their time, and they're overwhelmed. And when you have higher rates and you have more time freedom, then you really get to do whatever you want to do. And yeah. so many people don't get to that point. And I was, just before we started recording this, I was thinking about um, the, the perspectives of people that would be on the receiving end of that. So, you know, if this, if this one contact uh, sends an email out to multiple resource planners saying, you know, hey, Andy has decided to raise his rates above what we uh, prefer to pay. And therefore, I don't want you to hire him anymore. Um, you know, I kind of want to take ego out of these things anyway, and not worry about what people think, because we got to do the best thing for ourselves. But I was trying to think, what would they think? And if it was me, I would think, wow, he must be doing pretty well. <laughs> he, just, he just promoted you at a higher rate. Yeah. He just gave you an advertisement. 
Exactly. Because how many times, even, even you think about childhood, people are like, oh, don't go there. Yep. Don't go out with that person. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to go out with that person because <laughs> I need to find out why. Right? Right. Why I don't hire him because he's too expensive. Well, maybe we want to be a little bit better. Maybe yeah. we want, maybe we have a budget for it. When you yeah. go in the corporate world, it's not personal money often. It yeah. is money that's in the budget and they might say, like, no, we have that rate and we want somebody that's better. And yeah. it must be better if he can charge that. And that's just a perception. You know, it might not always be reality, but it's a perception. Yeah. So I'll tell you what else I did that uh, after I was emboldened by our conversation yesterday and, and the mastermind group and everything, uh, a couple of weeks ago, a client had reached out to me um, who listens to my other podcast, The Talent Development Hot Seat. And uh, he said, hey, you know, we, I want to get on the phone and talk because I think we could really benefit from having a podcast internally. And I think this is something a lot of big companies are starting to do, mm -hmm. start internal podcasts to get information out from leaders to the workforce in a, you know, really easily consumable way, right? The same way we all like to listen to podcasts, um, companies are doing it too. And so uh, he said, I think it would be great if we could do this company. Can you give me a little bit of advice on how to get this started? So uh, we, got on the, we got on Zoom and we chatted a little bit and he, uh, it sounded like he was kind of suggesting that he might want to uh, maybe even hire me to do some consulting work around this or help them with the podcast. And so I got off and I thought, oh, I wonder if he was really serious about that. I'm not sure. And I've started thinking about this idea of, um, and I was interviewing someone else that made me think of this, where we have things that we're really good at. We're so good at them that we take it for granted and think mm -hmm. that, you know, who would pay me for this? It's too easy. And yeah. so for me, one of those is I get complimented all the time by uh, podcast guests about my interviewing skills. You're really good at interviewing, really love talking to you, you make it so easy, that sort of thing. And so after a while, it's finally sunk in. They're like, okay, I'm really good at this. So I'm like, after yesterday, let me go propose to this guy that I'll come do that. So I sent him an email and said, hey, I will come and do interviews with your executives and uh, you know, either at your site or virtually. And here's my day rate. And I gave him the full, my full new day rate for 2019. And I'm thinking there's no way he's going to go for this. But I got an email back this morning saying like, hey, this is really cool. We're thinking about doing this. Let's, let's talk in January. So what does this make possible? And what happens if you never ask? You never get it. You miss 100% of the no. shots you never take. You're never going to get it. No, they're not going to come to you with that, most likely. Yeah. Well, again, I think the old That's me, awesome. I think the old me would think about that and be like, no, I'm not going to send that email. I mean, they're going to think, uh, they're going to laugh at me, right? They're going to reject me. But again, what is the worst that could happen? They say, nah, that's more than we want to pay. That's it. And you always have the opportunity if you really want to, to go back to them at some point and be like, if you want to do something, I could do a handful at that rate. If you ever, you have, you can go back and that might consider like, oh, I'm going back on my work. No, you, you have that option. It's like anything. Yeah, I, I got that when I did a deal with my publisher, I did, I said, is this negotiable in terms of the, the agreement of what we're coming to? And he goes, well, everything's negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, thank you for saying that because that really gives me, you know, mindset for other things. Everything's negotiable yep. and everything, everybody's got a price on something. Well, I want to ask you um, how you did this in the past because I know you did a bunch of this uh, when you and Elizabeth were running your photography business. Um, yeah. You ran a very successful wedding photography business and would raise rates from time to time. And I know you had your uh, quote unquote golden day where you yeah. set a higher rate on certain days. You know, how did you approach that? And did you have the fear of, rejection or failure with that when you did it totally still do still <laughs> i don't think it ever goes away because what is the limit 
Right. <laughs> there's always something that you're going to push for. Um, I think a lot of times it comes down to how important the money is and it really gets to a point where it's not as important and you can really just build it the way you want to build it. And I like building things slow and steady. It's yeah. the way I liked it. I don't like big, when I need it, I needed to do it, but I like going at a, at a steady pace in terms of rate increase. And I, and there's another podcast in terms of how we go about it. I could do big jumps. I know we would get it. It's not necessary for us to do. Um, but what we did the golden day was we knew at least in our business that was very seasonal and certain dates you knew, but you could do this in your own life. If you like, like Adam on the call yesterday, he swamped the week before Christmas. Well, this is something to pay attention to. You know, when Christmas is going to be next year, I can guarantee you it's December 25th next year. Guarantee it. Yeah. So the two weeks before that, you know, it's a prime time for your business. Why not now proactively say those two weeks from December 12th to December 24th is going to be this rate. And like we said in the call, when you go to an Indians game in Cleveland, when they play the Yankees, the price is now different than when they play the Brewers for yep. a reason. Yep. And we don't do that enough. So what we would do with our wedding business. We knew June 22nd was going to be a busy Saturday in terms of inquiries. So instead of just doing the same rate, we, that's our top end price that we really want to check out and see if we can get there. Yep. We knew we we're going to get the most increase on these, these, and these dates. Those would be the dates that we'd raise our rates. And just for those alone, because they were special dates and we wind up booking them at that price. And then we started thinking they're not just booking us at that money because it's June. They're booking it because it was in their budget. We just never had a chance or the guts to challenge. Mm, so it yeah, allowed us to raise the rights, raise the rates at times where it wasn't going to hurt us because we knew we'd probably get it one way or the other. And yeah. then we started doing that across the board. Yeah. And that's how we started learning this. Yeah, it's so interesting. I, you know, I think about business. I, I look at these businesses all the time where um, things are really busy at certain times. Like, why don't they just charge more? A lot of people don't think about that. Uh, even restaurants could do that. I think there would be a backlash there, I think. But uh, it's, I a, it, it, it's sticky the way you go about it. It depends on the yeah. business. It's not, it's, it's customizable. With us, it was obvious. Yeah. You know, we're going to get 32 inquiries on these dates. Right. It's, it's a prime date. But, you know, if it was January 11th and we wanted to work, I can do it for a much lower rate. I'd be cool with that because, yeah. hey, you know, that pays the bills for the month right there. So I don't need to do high, high then. And going back to the fear and the questions, you know, you, you determine that January 21st, whatever it is, is probably the, the biggest demand day of the year. So you're going to charge a really high rate, you know, a rate beyond what makes you comfortable. Mm -hmm. And you put it out there and nobody bites. Like, what's the worst that happens? We, we made a plan. If they don't book, we have a fun day with our family. Nice. Yeah. So then, right. What is, that's what does it make possible, right? You, there okay. was, there was no downside. We're yeah. either getting, you know, we're getting paid for what we, we're going to see what we're worth. And if we don't book it, we go with our family. And then at the end of the day, maybe we have a conversation of, okay, well, obviously we're not there yet because we can't get the top rate for a prime day. What yeah. do we need to do better in our business to get to that point? Yeah. Well, and even what, let's say you, you do need the work. Mm -hmm. What's the worst thing that happens? You, you decide you go back to some people and say, hey, we, we've lowered our rates. I mean, it doesn't look great, but. It doesn't look, but it, when you balance this all together, you get your money together, yeah. you get out of debt, you've got an emergency fund, you're doing and you're investing. The money becomes a game. Yeah. And you want to get to where the money becomes a game because that's the time that you can test it unless you're really like pain. You know, if you really enjoy pain, you have no money and you're going to test these things. That's not when I would do it. You got to get yourself financially set 
to where you can do these challenges easier and easier. But if, but somebody struggling to pay the bills is listening to, him right, listening to me right now. And he's like, he's full of crap. I can't do this. <laughs> right. Cause I got to feed my kids and I get that. And we were there. It was only when we started getting ourselves financially more secure that we could really, we felt comfortable doing it. But there are people that are a lot less financially secure than we were and they do it just cause they had more guts than we did. And they yeah. might've crashed. Right. And even if your financial situation is not as good, you're thinking about taking a chance with your business. You know, you've got to take that chance to get to the next level. It goes back to that, those questions. What is the worst that's going to happen? Are you going to be out on the street? Um, or are you just going to have a little less in savings that you thought you have? And even if, you know, it causes you to not be able to really afford rent one month and you have to go drive Uber or Lyft or something like that, you know, you can always figure out a way to get by. You're always going to have your health and your family. It's not going to be, it's not going to kill you. And I, exactly. And I think back to when I was in college, I had no money, no money. Yep. And I was happy. Right. I was working hard. I was happy. Yeah. Why can't I do that now? It's like we bog ourselves because we've, as a, as a culture, we've taken on car payments, yep. big mortgage payments. We've done it to ourselves. It's not that, that expensive to live day to day in that case, but we've strapped ourselves. And now we need to do this. And a lot of times it's an excuse. It's an excuse to be able to settle. Like, oh, I can't do it because you don't understand. I got a mortgage. I got kids. Yeah. What if you didn't? Would you take the chance then? Probably not. Right. But you, this is a convenient excuse. So it's, it's so much of it is, is mindset and mind games. Yeah. So you, and, and a lot of it is, is right. It's mindset. It's ego. It's, it's fear of failure, right? What, what are people going to say? What are, what are people going to say about this? How are they going to judge me? Because you get past that and you say you take a big chance and you do lose a lot of money. Um, I did a, a show about this a, a week ago when I was talking about time. Money is something that, yeah, it's really important. Um, you know, you've got a whole book about how you and your wife saved and, and lived very cheaply to get by and pay off all your debt. Mm -hmm. but, you know, as we get older, both of us and, and become more successful in business, we realize that you can always make more money. There are always way to, ways to make more money. But the thing you can't get back is time and you can't get back the life and the time you didn't spend taking chances to, to live the life you wanted. Exactly. And if you're spending so much time working in the business, like they say, you know, like yeah. Michael Gerber, you don't have time to spend on the business. Right. And it's really hard to grow when you're always just in the business doing the work. It's hard to think about it. My best ideas came not while I was doing the work because I was very into the work. Yep. It was when I went on a three hour walk and I was like, Oh, that, those were the six figure ideas. Honestly, that's it. Like, Oh, wait a second. Yep. And then as each of those compound, you go, this is getting easier and easier. And then you could build it up. And, yeah. and, and, and to me, money isn't everything. It is not about making as much as I can to me is, is living the life that I want to create the business that I want to make the money at that point to do what we want. And then it comes from there and yeah. build like we're leaving in a week to go for three months on the road. Like right. that's our dream with our kids to be able to leave and travel. So it wasn't about making as much as we could. It was about, creating the time and then build the business around how you want to live your life. Yeah. And to be and clear, I mean, you need money to go take that. You trip. do. You, you do. But on the lifestyle, but not, maybe not as much as you think. And you can always make more of it. You can always make more of it. And you, but you need to be able to, like, I just know when I was deep in it and so stuck in it, I couldn't think of any of the ideas I came up with today. It's the time and the thought that allows you to be creative. Right. Having that freedom. And I agree. Like I, I come up with more of these great ideas when I'm at home when I'm uh, in my normal routine, when I'm talking to people like you versus being on the road and traveling, which I love doing, but if I'm doing too much of it, I'm not having as many as, you know, as many of those ideas and those conversations. I'm not finding those big deals to help me yep. with my business. And so, you know, coming back to my own situation, uh, getting this rejection 
makes a lot of great things possible. And it's, uh, it, it, it's actually a, a great thing. Look at, look at your mindset, Chip, in that, in that short period of time of being worried and what are people going to think to, oh, wait a second, these options that I have right now, we're still there. Yep. It's just I wasn't looking at it that way. And yeah. And there's you know, still a little nervousness. Was this the right time? Do I have enough money? Am I going to make enough money? And I think the answer to all those things is yes. And even if I don't, like, I, I see so much great momentum going on with my life and my business. I know I'll find a way to make enough money, but I won't get that time back from those times when I would be on the road. Yes. And it's even deeper than that. You came up with that idea. We had that conversation. We're having this conversation now. You're probably going to publish this. There could be somebody that listens to this, not only gets inspired by your story, mm. that a year from now goes, I want to hire you yep. because you inspired me. Or somebody might listen to this and hire you might make more money from this without yep. even knowing it because you challenged yourself and then put it out there. And that's just action. You right. took action. And not even and, about me. Maybe somebody listens to this and goes and raises their rates and takes a totally. chance. And we yeah. have a ripple effect where we're helping. That's the whole point of this podcast is helping people. It's awesome. That's exactly the point. So you are helping other people because you know how many people are listening to you right now and they're nodding? Like, yeah. yeah. Like I feel the same way. I need to do that. And when they think that they're alone, they get stuck. And when they go, oh, Andy's dealing with this too. Oh, totally. Right? Yep. So you're... So there's, there, if you just keep doing the right things and learning from them and maybe they're mistakes, maybe they're just lessons, it, it, it gets better and gets better and gets better. Yeah, that's what this show is all about. And, uh, you know, one of my goals was to be vulnerable and share the, the challenges as well as the wins and uh, have people be able to connect and be inspired by that. And uh, I'm always appreciative of having you as a mentor and friend and someone that can uh, hop on at a moment's notice it's to freedom. talk about these things. That's well, freedom right there. Uh, Kudos to you for, for, for doing this, for bringing this up, for challenging yourself to do this, and then to put yourself out there. I mean, that's really telling of who you are as a person. And even after we talked, I had a feeling you were going to post about it, and you did because you put yourself out there like that and look at the response that you got from it. Yep. It's just very open and honest. And it's very real. And yep. I think people just appreciate just how honest you are and how helpful you are. So kudos to you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I, same to you. You, uh, you have shared so much in your book and uh, in the group and our friendship and your podcast, which is, sorry, not available if you're not inside the Total Life Freedom Group, but uh, sharing vulnerable things and you know, the challenges as well as the wins because those things inspire all of us and help all of us get better. So I am- Like when I got arrested? Like when you got arrested, exactly. We don't have time to go into that, but that, yeah. was a, that is a good story. Um, I got arrested once too when I was younger. We'll have to tell oh. that time. Uh, but uh, thanks so much for coming on. It's such short notice. I really appreciate it, man. My pleasure, sir. Anytime. All right. Take care. All right. Bye.